The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's Tori and Sam, two besties, bring you all things healthcare, humor, and unpopular opinion. And I'm obsessed with your unpopular opinion this week. Also, by the way, welcome back. I'm back. I feel like I was gone 800 years. You were. I was, was like, it was weird. Like we're behind the mic. The first time in a month, is it? Three weeks. I don't. Yeah. You were that gone. went really fast being over there, but I felt like I was gone forever. Yeah. Yeah. How and was your trip? It was so good. Well, we should probably do a solo. It's very interesting should. to have a healthcare perspective on hospitals outside of your country. Yeah. To really be immersed mm-hmm. in healthcare somewhere else is a wild experience. Yeah. So yeah. there's like way too much to talk about yeah. for today. Well, so it was cool. That was a really like life changing experience. It was for sure. I'm excited. It was awesome. Well, we'll have to get into that. Speaking of life-changing, oh. <laughs> um, this is the long-awaited episode. Sam and I have been talking about this off and on for probably about six months, maybe longer. Of doing the episode, but yeah. we've been talking about this. I actually think it was more than a year ago. Yeah. We did a bonus episode, like a midlife crisis one, mm-hmm. sometime last spring, I want to say May of 2022. Where I was even joking, like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I'm having a midlife crisis. I'm like doing because it was May of 2022 when I did the consult for egg freezing. Yeah, that's crazy. And it's like a whole 13 months later that we're even finally sitting down to talk about everything. I think so much of what we've been through and how our mindsets have changed. I think a lot of the way that um, I see fertility the way that I think the the messaging that is out there about fertility, everything about it, uh, my whole entire perspective has changed. So speaking of which, let's get into your unpopular opinion because it's very on brand for this episode. My unpopular opinion, especially being such an independent pro woman, is that Time does not give a shit about us as women. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we're in a society that is very much built on go to school, get your degree, do your career, be with your partner and travel the world first together. Enjoy those time together and focus on your relationship before you have children and Our bodies as women weren't set up for the way that we are in society. Like nowadays, oh, you're 30 and you're out of the house. Like, good job. (laughs) Good for you. Yeah. But back in the day, my mom had three kids before the age of 25. Yeah. My mom had two kids before 32. And so it was because that's when our peak fertility time and span is. And that is not set up for 
modern day successful woman who wants to pursue a career or do all of these things. And it's in direct conflict with each other. It, it is. And it has me very conflicted. Me too. On life too. And then at the end of the day, you're kind of like, did I fuck up? Is this right? right? But it's like, we have to think about it. And I was telling Tori, I remember when I was 32 is when I was engaged. Like I was ready to start family life, right? Mm -hmm. And when that all ended, my aunt suggested I freeze my eggs back then and I was so offended. Mm -hmm. Because like, ugh, how dare you? How dare you? Like I'm 32, Suggest mind your business, yeah. whatever. And now it's like, oh, I'm 37. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that is my unpopular opinion is that like time and biology don't give a shit about your life <laughs> choices. Or what you want to do. Do have very conflicting messaging, right? It's like out in society right now. It is very pro women, do your thing, do your job, do you, 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 you. And I'm very pro that because clearly have been doing that thought this that that has been our journey. But then there is also the sad fact that fertility, we're on a timeline. We're on a ticking timeline. And that's just that is the fact, right? And so I I know I think that was a really interesting point because it is kind of like this this episode, you guys, is going to be culmination of like so many thoughts that I think Sam and I both have had over the past, I'd say, year in our experience as women and like what does fertility mean for us and like what does our future look like? And, you know, a lot of things have happened over the past year and I think we've both learned and grown a lot. Um, today, we're going to be getting into all things egg freezing. Um, I'm talking to you guys way more in depth about the embryo creation process, acupuncture, supplements, mindset, um, unexpected emotions that we have both gone through. Um, also, the fantasy in fertility. We're going to talk a lot about that. The things they don't tell you, the things that we have learned, ambiguous loss, the best tips in navigating fertility in modern day settings. We're going to be going all over today as millennial women who are in the thick of it. We're still in the thick of it. Aren't you glad we didn't do this episode earlier, though? Yes. We kept saying we're going to do it yep. back in December, then yes. January, February, and now it's June. Yeah. But I feel like if we did it earlier, it would have been a different episode. Um, I So you guys, <laughs> I started making show notes for this back in December, and I had to completely change them. <laughs> I was like, I even the person that I was before I went through the egg freezing process, and like even going through the process, I'm my mindset has completely shifted. And then. also, this is long. It's going to be a two-parter. Yes. So so um, and as special a, special guest special guest appearance for part two. Jacob's going to come in, and we're going to do part two with him, so you guys can get male perspective on this because there that we want to get his perspective on it because this it has been a like a whirlwind for him as well. So I want to get maybe your thoughts, like maybe what is something that you feel like you've learned about yourself over the past year and like fertility and like just like overarching thoughts that I have no idea what I want. Yeah. <laughs> like, truly. I really, when it comes to this, I feel very confused, conflicted and lost. And I get this so many times. I will say even just being single and on dating apps, it comes up and it's kind of like, yeah frustrating question for someone who doesn't know you to just be like do you want kids and I'm always do you want it's not a yes or no 
I cannot give you yes or no answer without giving you this long-winded explanation of why, because it's not that simple. And then it's kind of like, okay, now do I have to like spill my whole like spiel to someone that I might not even ever like one, even end up going on a date with or two, we might go on a few dates and it goes nowhere. It's like, yeah, it's a frustrating question. And I think I get it asked more than anyone because it's like the older I get and still Mm -hmm. being single, the more people are like, well, do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? And it's like, fuck, I don't know, you guys. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I think for me, um, for the longest time, over this past year, I, I think my biggest shift has been, okay, now I'm ready, I I think. Right? It's like, I went from, I'm not ready. I am podcasting. We are working. I'm bedside. I'm doing all these things. I'm starting new businesses. I'm doing new adventures. Jacob and I are traveling. We're having a great time with our marriage. And that was like a huge priority for me was my marriage. I really... I love I love the partnership I'm in. And this past year, like there has been a big shift for me personally where I just realized through this process that like I really do want kids. Like it is a priority to me. But then also like, okay, I also have had to come to some realization of like, what if I don't have kids? Like, you know, that that could be very real. I, there was a couple months there where that that that's becoming a reality right so um i feel like when i was growing up you know and when sam and i were going through you know and growing up it was like white picket fence everybody had the perfect family right it was like mom and dad and like three kids and like that was the dynamic and like that was just you have perfect mom and dad that show up for all the things i mean we had working parents but like you know, you just, you were so used to everyone was on this. I also feel like it was so much easier for our parents. I don't know what it was, but like back for our parents when they were having kids, like why was it so easy? They literally just were like, okay, like, yeah, I'm like, um, we got married and then we just had kids and like, you just do it. And uh, nowadays it's not like that. My brother was born like 41 weeks after my mom's wedding. Right. I swear on my life, I did the math because I almost didn't believe her that I was like, are you sure you weren't pregnant before? I think I'm going to catch you in a lie. So I counted it and I was like, damn, she's good. Yeah. And then I think also my mom was on birth control and got pregnant. It was like, you clearly weren't good at taking it on time or consistently, (laughs) lady. But yeah, it was like, I am trying to actively not get pregnant. She got her tubes tied after my sister because she was like, we got to close down. We're done. We are done. Imagine (laughs) that. And then you have a lot of cousins. Yes. I have a ton of cousins so it was not like when you're talking about us growing up so I grew up with obviously my mom having now four kids and then my aunts having multiple kids and uncles and everyone in the family all having so I grew up with having a ton of cousins because everyone had kids that was the norm that was the expected that's how life went boom 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 yeah and I think it's just so funny because I think about it with my mom and it's like it just wasn't a thing that they thought about they just you know did it and it's just interesting to me because I think the scape of of millennial women and raising kids and now even Gen Z right some Gen Zers are starting to have kids which is crazy um but I feel like my goals and my aspirations of my life over the past year have drastically changed so um I really want to, we're going to start and get into this because this is, you know, the bulk of like, I really wanted to share the experience with you guys. And Sam and I wanted to open up about our experience with egg freezing and like where that kind of even started and each talk about our, our, you know, situations a little bit and dive into that. So 
the goal of egg freezing. So when you started, like, tell me where your mindset was when you started the process. So again, super offended when I was 32 and my aunt, who's a labor and delivery nurse, suggested to freeze my eggs. Yeah. Why would I do that? That's ridiculous. Right. No. And in a passive aggressive move for that, that's when I started the tradition of taking Christmas card pictures with my dogs. Because I was like, Rambo Moses, yeah. love their moment. So I started buying the matching pajamas, and yeah. that was the first year that I did Christmas card pictures with Take me your power and back. the dogs. Yes, it was like, no, I don't need to freeze my eggs. I'm good. Fast forward, I had someone super close to me in my life go through IVF and trying to get eggs and having trouble with getting egg retrieval, and. I was kind of surprised because remember last year we did that modern fertility test yeah, too. We both did. And at the time I was 36 months, 30, 36 years old and a few months changed. Yeah. Did it. My lab results Your were great. Your labs were good and mine was, actually were low. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, cool. Yeah. And you like did it first and then you were like, you should buy this kit. And I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I guess I will. And this was last year. Last year, I also switched jobs in January of 2022. So when you get a new job, you get the health benefits package. I'd had the same health insurance for the last 11 years at my other hospital. So leaving that is the first time I'm switching health insurance in over a decade. So I'm going through all the benefits packages and I realize that fertility coverage is offered for 25K. That's a lot. And I know certain bigger companies, the tech industry, yeah. the Google, Amazon, and like whatever, yeah. they pay for that stuff. Right. My sister, my youngest sister, she's only 26, works for a company that will pay to donate your eggs. And the reason is like they want, they don't want women that yeah. are in the prime of their career, 26, stopping and taking maternity leave and having kids. Which They're as like, an employer, I get that. Yeah. But yeah. it's like cool because they pay yeah, for it. So nice. For sure. But most insurances do not yeah. cover. Majority of insurance does not cover fertility. Like you paid for it all out of pocket. Right. So when I found out it was covered, I was like, cool, let me look into this. And this was last January of 2022. So come to find out that it's not, it's covered, but it's not, right? Right. Because of course. everything. So it's not covered until I hit my deductible Mm. for the year, which Mm -hmm. is $3,000. Not a ton, but still still, like waiting to hit my deductible has to add up. And then I kind of found out it actually wasn't, it would cover IVF, but not truly egg freezing. But then talking to the doctor's office, I realized that they they can can bill it whatever they want. And it's like, they don't know when you're going to do an embryo or a trans, like that's, because that's different for everyone. So technically I could get it covered. So I was like, okay, cool. Good to know. But this is February, March. I don't, I haven't met my deductible, so I just put it on the back burner, but at least I know how the process works if I were to get insurance involved. And then I had someone super close to me going through IVF and not having successful results. And then I thought about maybe being an egg donor. Yeah. And I know I'm old and I kind of have like probably crusty eggs. I always like joke. I'm like, it's like Templeton from Charlotte's Web. You know how he like is underground and he has that like rotten egg that he's like holding on to like during the smorgasbord song and then he has that like rotten egg that finally cracks and is all smelly so i always like joke that i'm like oh my god i have like templeton like rotten eggs eggs. (sighs) but it is like my actual unpopular opinion should have been can we drop the phrase geriatric pregnancy no thank you fuck 
Fuck off. Fuck all the way off. Came up with that. Fuck all the way off. If you are the medical professional that decided to term geriatric pregnancy for 35, not just maybe high risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or anything other than that. Difficult pregnancy. You're comparing us to literally our grandmas. But, and I get it. Biology or come doesn't, up with a new word. How about that? Yeah, but I get it. Biology doesn't give a shit about yeah. my life choices. But that phrase. It's also, it is, it is actually, that phrase to me is actually very demeaning. It is very demeaning. Like it really is. Yes. And that's a meaning that our healthcare professionals came up and with. And it still gets thrown around. It's not yeah. like it gets tossed and, out okay, by wait. OBs. Also, still. I want to say this too. Say it. As a NICU nurse, mm-hmm. we when I first started as a NICU nurse, I remember looking at like moms who were 36, 37, 38, 40. And being like, oh, and judging. Me too. Yes. Oh my God. We're we fucking assholes. are assholes. And let me just tell you, like now mm. I am humbled as fuck through this process. Like yeah. we literally, I mean, and I hate that terminology. Like honestly, I, I won't use it. I refuse to use it now. Thank you for saying that because I'm just, it, it is something I think our terminology. You probably hear, like, still being in the NICU space. That yes. We hear that term all the time. All the time. All the time. Anyway, sorry, continue. No, yes. I like. I love that. Because that I'm was like, my own I... ADHD side rant. Yes. But that's, it's fucking demeaning. Fuck all the way off. Yeah. It, it, is it is demeaning. So the whole 35 geriatric pregnancy. So I was like, I get that I'm maybe a little old to donate eggs. Obviously, if I wanted to. No one's going to pay right, right, to have right, me right. as an egg Different, donor. Yeah. They want yeah. a 24-year-old that's, you know, a Harvard student that's in good health and blah, blah, blah. They don't want my, at the time, 36-year-old eggs. But for this case, I was willing to be Go through like the process a direct and donor, donate. Especially yeah. because knowing for me, it's free and I could save someone money and it would work out. And yeah. I'm not using them. Right. The two, I'm like, these are good genes, right? Do we not want to see this yeah, running around? Of Hello. Course. So I'm like, if I'm never going to use them, I'd rather them go to someone who would use them. Who would would use them. I almost wish that I donated way back in the day to LGBTQ families or yeah. other just struggling, like whatever. Anyways. So I was like, okay, let me seriously finally look into this. And I think that's back when and we could link it in the show notes, that old like midlife crisis episode, bonus episode, where I finally went through the consultation process. So I met with the fertility doctor and this was in Newport Beach, SoCal Fertility. It's Dr. Anderson. He's really good. He's very much the mommy Newport everyone Beach knows him. that everyone is like, oh, go to this one. He does free second opinions because he's basically like, yeah, it didn't work out sucks. for you. Whatever you come here, he's the Newport Beach, Orange County, the guy. Yeah. So I was like, cool. Let me just do the consult, and it was over Zoom, so it was like super easy. So I did it, and it was a good conversation. He's like, you're 36. Yeah, you're at 35. It does drop off your egg. Right. So let's be realistic. He's like, but if you freeze your eggs, it's just an insurance policy. Right. It doesn't. Let's Guaranteed. say that you get married next year. Ro- he didn't say this. <laughs> this is how a doctor I would talk. He's like, you're still going to try naturally. So in my mind, he's like, yeah, raw dog it. Like, <laughs> obviously, yeah. you're going to try to raw dog it first and get yeah. pregnant on your own and know that you have this as a backup if you need it because you did it. Whatever. Cool. Yeah. And I'm like, OK, cool. If- and then I ran the numbers financially. I would have a, a decent amount covered. There's certain things that insurance just flat out doesn't cover. Their surgery center doesn't take insurance. 
Obviously, the freezing costs itself, insurance doesn't cover to pay the annual storage yeah. fee and all of that. So there's a few certain things that would be out of pocket. But as far as the ultrasounds, the lab work, and the medication, which you'll get into, the medication is the most expensive it's part. Crazy. So I was like, okay, cool. That was back in May, but I still hadn't reached my deductible yet. Mm -hmm. And I was traveling yeah. so much for work. And that's when I learned, what does a timeline of this look like? Right. I had no idea. I thought Neither it was like I. a very, yeah. I thought it was more simple. And I, I knew people, friends, people that have gone through it. I still didn't have the concept of I can't travel for work. I need to be home for basically at least three weeks straight. Yes. Which I'm never home three weeks straight. Yeah. I'm gone. It's about three weeks and I'm off and I'm off and I'm off. So I was like, okay, well, when can I even carve out time in my schedule to be home? Because I didn't realize, oh, there's lab work. There's ultrasounds every other day. I just thought, okay, you do your self-injections. Right. I can do those on the road. I didn't think that, no, I got to come into the office every other day or yeah. almost daily and get ultrasounds and all these Labs. things. I had no idea it was that involved. So I learned that out that in May. And I'm like, I don't know when the hell I can do this. And traveling-wise. Finally, fast forward to the end of the year. And it's October. I hit my deductible. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, shit. Well, it resets in January. I need to do this. If I'm going to be serious about doing this and I hit my deductible, it's going to be free now. It's now or never. I looked. And of course, my period timing is so fucked up for when I travel. I would have weeks where I'm going to be home three weeks, but it did not line up with when my period would be. Right. So those three weeks Which of being stationary. Which is very important part of this yeah, process. Your period is such a bitch. Yeah. So when am I actually going to be home? It doesn't line up with my work travel. So then I figured, okay, I can't start it in October. When I hit my deductible, I was actually on my period. So I'm like, well, great. Now I have to wait till the whole next cycle. And so I looked in November and I was like, I do have one work trip, but I have per diem that can cover me in Vegas. So I reached out to them. I said, hey, I have these classes in Vegas. Can you cover them? He actually could. And I was like, cool. Okay. I can be home the whole month of November, which is fine because then I leave again in December for work. My birthday's in January and all my travel picks up again. Cool. Gonna, gonna do it. So schedule the appointment. They're like, okay, basically just call when you have your period. You come in the first three days. And they already ordered the medication ahead of time. So it was a month early, but they're like, let's order the medication now so that it's there so mm -hmm. that when you start your period and you come in and do the ultrasound, you have it there that day and you can get going on your stuff. Mm -hmm. So they ordered the medication. It was a little bit of a fight with insurance, even though, um, which is like why it's covered. So they had to send back a thing, getting more. They declined it. And then my office fought it and sent back more documents, information, and then they approved it whatever. It gets delivered. And of course, I'm having a meltdown because the day I start my period like comes a little bit early and I'm out of town. But I had three days to get that first ultrasound from when I started my period. So I rush home from Vegas, starting my period to go do this. already have the meds. I am genuinely thinking this is going to be just one and done, right? Yeah. I already, I did the consult. And then back in May, we did the modern fertility website, the self-test, where we both got the kit. Mm -hmm. We did our fingerprint, finger pricks, stacked the blood back, got our results. So I knew for my age, my labs were good. I should be able to get a decent amount of eggs, call it a day. I did not realize that 
your follicle count. I didn't even know what a follicle count was. Did you? No, no one. Of course not. We don't know anything about fertility. I don't know this shit. This is why. Yeah. I didn't know that could vary so much from month to month either. I thought I would go in and it would be super easy. I would knock it out and be done and that I would get enough eggs to donate and keep some left for over. I was literally Delulu, delusional thinking that this was going to be so easy. So I go in for that first ultrasound, meds in the fridge, already took work off, ready to go. And it's weird because doing this on your own is very like a lonesome process. It's very isolating. Like I feel like doing it with a partner is isolating and I'm sure you'll get no, into that. I could not imagine <laughs> doing what I did, honestly. I mean, I mean and we're going to talk about that dynamic because I, I agree with you 100%. I could not imagine. And then also not really knowing why I wanted to it was yeah. still being conflicted. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pay this storage fee. Will I ever use them? Will I not? Will I be single my whole life? I don't know. Will I donate some? How will I feel if I donated eggs? I got that asked that a ton. And so it was just already a lot of thoughts, but it was kind of like, okay, it's now or never because this is my financial window because I'm lucky that I'm in a place where I'm having it somewhat financially covered. Because for me, it didn't make sense to spend ten dollars to $15,000 for an insurance plan Mm -hmm. when I don't know that I'm ever going to use it. Because again, if I gotten married next year i would raw dog it right for sure yeah i mean i do now pull and pray baby pull and <laughs> pray i'm just kidding pull but i didn't i to me it's not financially worth it to spend 10 to 15 grand out of pocket as a backup plan and i think it would be a lot different situation if i was married and knew we wanted to try and we're going to try naturally first but to have an insurance plan on a double income Totally. when I for sure know I want to create life with this human being I'm with. Mm -hmm. But since I don't have that, it wasn't worth it. It was more like, while this is free, let me do this. And it wasn't free, but while this is highly discounted, let me do it. Mm -hmm. So I go in and they do the ultrasounds like butt-ass early, right? Because it's before their clinics and before their surgeries and implants that day. So it's like six in the morning. So I go in all tired as fuck for the ultrasound and think, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start meds. And I go in and getting the vaginal ultrasound is not fun experience either. No. Because one, you're on your period. It's gross. So that's fucking gross. And then it's like lubed up. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like sitting in, with, in the stirrups, stirrups. at like 7 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one it's thing fabulous. to get an ultrasound. I actually had a ultrasound, like a transvaginal or whatever ultrasound years back like five years ago but i was not on my period when i had it so getting the ultrasound while you're on your period is like oh and you're just kind of like all right here we go here we go situation yeah right so i'm like doing that and that went so bad (laughs) i and i kind of didn't understand the information fully so they do the ultrasound And he's like, oh, there's only two, maybe three follicles on the left. And there's three on the right. And I'm like, oh, that's not like good. How many like should there be? Like, no, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. Like, what should there be like 15 ish? I'll get get that. Yeah, I guess. And so I was like, okay, well, that sucked. Didn't think that was going to stop the process. Mm -hmm. Right. And 
I get where they're coming from, but they were so just like, okay, come back next month. Yeah. And that was it. Right. And I was kind of like. They basically said like. Too bad. Quote in your head. It's like, this isn't good enough. Basically. Yeah. Like they're basically saying, uh-huh. yes. Like, yeah. It's like I had a, we're gonna get into and, a similar experience. And but you're yes. just like, wait, what do you mean? So I'm not. Yeah. So he's like, so I don't recommend you start the medication today. And this was not Dr. Anderson. It was like, because it's just an ultrasound. It was like a different doctor in the practice. And I was just, so what do you mean? And he's like, well start CoQ10, do acupuncture and come back next month. And I get where they're coming from because to them, they're like, well, if you're doing this in one time, we want it to be the best results. Which we I, don't, I appreciate. We don't I want wish. you to go through the whole process and then get maybe two or three eggs out of it. Because just because you have six follicles doesn't mean you'll get six eggs. That's what I think people don't understand. Mm-hmm. Also, that doesn't mean you're going to get that many embryos. Correct. So <laughs> me, we'll get there me not having a human, me not having someone's sperm to create an embryo with, it would literally just be my eggs frozen. Correct. And then one day I can decide, hey, defrost those bad boys. I have someone, I got some sperm now. Yeah. Let's make this happen. Or maybe I decided I wanted to do it on my own one day. I don't ever want to do that. But I could. Yeah. But for me, there's no, like, everything is a, you start up here and then it's cut, cut, cut away to the real thing. So it's, okay, this many follicles. Say you have 10, 15 follicles. Whatever, yeah. You get eight eggs. Correct. Out of eight eggs, for me, I'd be freezing them. I might not know for three more years how many embryos I even get out of those eight eggs. And eight eggs was already more than the follicles I had. I'm just making up numbers right now. But let's say I got 15 follicles, eight eggs. Five years later, out of those eight eggs, I get three embryos that are genetically tested and good. And it then that doesn't mean they all take. Mm-hmm. So that means you get three attempts at IVF. Maybe out of three attempts, only one of them even actually ends up being a child. So all of that, it's like, boom, cut down, cut down, cut down, cut down. So for me to only have five to six follicles to start, I get it. And I appreciate them saying, hey, let's make this attempt as good of a chance as you can get. So I respected that. I appreciate it. But for me, I'm like, but when? Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, okay, well, the next period is going to be Thanksgiving and I leave the first week of December for a non-negotiable work trip. It's like the national meeting that I have to go to. Then their office is closed for two weeks at Christmas. Yep, and it's not closed. closed for the people that are actively in stuff, but they don't start they new start new cycle. cycles. Yeah. Well, guess who's going to start their period on December 23rd? This bitch. <laughs> and then in January, I'm like already yeah. have this leadership program I got accepted into that I'm super excited about. It's the kickoff workshop. And then it's like from there on, it's no, and then guess what? In January, my insurance resets. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go back to now it being completely not covered anymore. So basically I thought I could get it over with in November. So when they told me, no, come back next month, I'm like, but I can't. Yeah. So I was stunned. It's so frustrating because I think that is a big piece of fertility we don't talk about, right? It's like how much time it takes. That's number one, financially, how much it is. And also just like, the expectation for whatever reason is not set in the fertility world for us. Like no. I, we were not mentally prepared for any of this. I wasn't either. Well, and different. even in the consultation, it yeah. wasn't like a, 
hey, this might not happen your first period. You might come back and try again. Wish they told me about acupuncture or CoQ10 yeah, before, before even the first time. Yeah, so it was kind of like, why mm -hmm. was that waiting? Because I carved out this window and I'd already took off work. Mm -hmm. So I was upset. I, I took off work for this and now I can't even start it. Yeah. And I remember I went out to my car and I just sat there before I could drive away for 10 minutes just crying. Yeah. Being like, this is it. I don't know if I'm going to do this again next year. If or I'll ever. have Or ever now. And I don't know, time is ticking, I'm single. Maybe by the time I find someone, I won't be able to be able to even do IVF or have a successful IVF. This might be like it. I might not ever have kids. And it was that moment of realization. And then it's like, who do I even talk to about that or go to? And that was like fucked up. It was super fucked up. I was like, and... There was no one to process that with or have that conversation with or to even understand. And actually, I love you, but I was actually low-key mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. We both had moments. I was like, remember, like, I text you something. And you're like, oh, well, do you want a second opinion for my doctor? And I was like, no, it's not something that the doctor could do or not do. It's my body is like, hey, you're actually 36, dude. This isn't going to be easier walk in the park. And I was just like, this sucks and it's mm -hmm. like I yeah. don't have I don't even know how to process it because I don't even know what to think about it because I'm not it wasn't even something I was sure I wanted but now that was the thing it was like I went through it not even saying I wanted to use them but thinking I had the option and to go from okay. thinking you have the option and then realizing you don't have any control you have no say and it's not up to you you have no option is like well, now that I don't have a say and I don't have an option, now you're heartbroken. All right, listen up, all of my nursing students that are tuning in today. Do you want to pass your nursing exams and the NCLEX with ease? Then check out Simple Nursing. Simple Nursing is the best study resource on the market with their thousands of videos, colorful study guides, and a massive quiz bank to test your knowledge. PowerPoints and textbooks are so old school while Nurse Mike's animated fun videos really make difficult concepts easy to understand. And listen, as a former nursing professor, don't even get me started on their NCLEX prep. Mm. There's adaptive assessment exams, personalized study plans, and an entire review series. You can try them out 100% free today. Just head to their website, simplenursing.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's simplenursing.com forward slash podcast. Now go crush it. Go crush it, you guys. Um... Okay, so Sam and I have a very similar but different journey. Okay, so Sam went in. You did yours before me. Yeah, I did it back in – I tried to do it back in early November yes. of 2022. Okay, so that is pertinent to this story because I did not understand – like anyone who has not been through this doesn't understand it until you go through it. Like when when I reached out to her, I genuinely, I think at that time, like – did you not didn't comprehend what yeah. this was going to be like. So my journey was was you were very bubbly about it. Still, yes. like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna so excited. Do this. And I was like, okay, good luck. This was like, like backup plan, right? Yeah. So this is a big piece of the of the story. This was our backup plan, yeah. right? So, um, this was a piece for me and Jacob where we we're like, okay, we would like to have kids, but we want to have, um, some eggs, right? Or you know, make some embryos for maybe child number two, hopefully, like if we needed it, right? 
Yeah, your goal is to still yes. not use the eggs Correct. You, or the embryos you created. That is a big piece of this story. Yeah, it's understanding. Yes. And so um, I had heard this doctor, doctor, I'm just going to say it, Dr. Gadir on Skinny Confidential. Um, and I did some research and they have a really good, you know, reputation, like everybody loves them, blah, 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 blah. So um, I started the process. And so um, at the time I started Whole30, I was doing, you know, like oh, clean God, yeah. Whole30 in January, the whole thing. And then you no know, alcohol, I was working out, trying to keep stress low, blah, blah, blah. And like Sam, um, I think I didn't anticipate first off how much time it was going to be. Like it was a three solid weeks that you have to take off because you're doing appointments, lab draws, you're doing ultrasounds, you're doing weekly in and out, right? You um, tried to work a lot. I did. And I was working and it was it was too much. Yeah. But this was my process or my experience with my doctor personally. And I don't know if he'll ever hear this, but it was not good. Like, I did not like my experience. My consultation with him was 30 minutes on the phone. I never saw him in person. I think Jacob wasn't even on that call for me, and he didn't even ask if Jacob wanted to be on that call with me. Um, we did do our baseline labs. We did the ultrasounds. You know, Jacob and I did the genetic testing. We did all of those things. And then, you know, I went in on, I think it was December. So I went in, you go in for period day three. You do your ultrasound, you do your labs just to get, you know, the baseline. And he basically said in that moment, well, you have a low ovarian reserve. So that put me in a category, like a separate category from most other women or like uh, like other women, right? They have different mm -hmm. protocols. There's different protocols for every woman. So Sam and I were on completely different medications. We were on completely different dosages, completely different everything. Um, and so... Um, I went through this whole process and we started the injections. You do the injections for 13 days, uh, which honestly, in the beginning, it was fine. But I will say this. The um, way you feel on these medications is horrible. I literally was like exhausted, but then I was also horny. It was like weird. I was like horny. I was exhausted. I was just like worn out. I was haggard. I was just all these things. It was just weird. But wait, can you have sex? No, so technically right? you can't. Because they don't want you to accidentally get triplets you, yes. or some shit, right? So literally that is that does happen. People okay. get pregnant on these when you get on these meds. You yeah. can. Because it's like basically pumping up your follicles like so much with so many hormones. Because you, you know, the yeah. goal is to like get them beefed up. So yeah, when yeah, you yeah. collect them. Because you like, want multiple eggs. Yes. So I can't you guys, you're so horny. <laughs> I, it felt like a 16 year old. Like I wanted to sleep all day and, and like have sex all day. And like so it was like this weird like combination of things. Uh, Why does nobody talk about this by the way? Like you just literally feel like this horn dog, but then I'm haggard and I look like I, I don't know. Okay. And I will say this. I am so humbled for this experience. And so every woman that I ever come in contact with, if I see IVF on my NICU baby now. I have so much more respect for this mom because this process, I'm telling you, going through this was so emotionally draining for me. Like for it was an energy suck. I was like, this is so intense. And it's not even the embryo transfer. Correct. That is like a whole extra Yes. Like add on worse medications, Absolutely. worse time. 100%. But watching you, your living room looked like a fucking Clinic. Oh, uh, it's literally so Your many. Table? Yes. So many shots. And that actually, I was glad to share that with people because I think you don't get it unless you see it, right? Like you you hear people say all the time, oh, yeah, we went through the process, we went through the process. 
dude, the fucking process is gnarly. Like we, um, I ordered meds and the way that the meds have, they come to you, typically they're shipped. Um, just, well, the way we did it, it was shipped in a freezer thing because they all have to be fr- refrigerated. Like it's a whole thing. And like you, if you lay everything out and it, it, it is a very complicated process, like even for, we're both nurses. nurses. Yes. And I was like, wait, what medication goes with this? And what time am I doing this one? And like, so, and that was a whole thing because personally, the way I felt um, from my clinic, I felt like it was not organized at all. Thank God I had hired Jessica. She was the concierge nurse. You guys know we did an episode with her. She was amazing because mm-hmm. she helped me. Um, ba- she basically made me a separate, um, what do you call it? Like a medication calendar. And it was color coded and everything. So she was like, this is when you take this. This is when you take that. It was wild to me that you had to hire someone to get wild. that. And wild. I was like, listen, you were going through the process. So I was like, I don't, I know how when I was going through it, I was very oversensitive. So I was like, I'm not going to, I don't want to knock on your doctor yeah. at all. Yeah. And I knew at the time you were very much In it. excited about having that person as your doctor. But I was actually yeah. shocked. Shocked. I, I was know. like, what do you mean they didn't mm. give you a well schedule. so they well but yeah. it was a confusing one it, it was, was a like, confusing schedule and i saw it and i was like this yeah, is it's crap. awful awful yeah. and then i'm like i don't know how lay people do this and don't fuck it up yeah like, okay so and then on top of that um i felt like the nurses were not helpful at all like the things that jessica was telling me like i was not getting any of that from my clinic which is why i can see why she's needed because yes my experience was different i felt very supported yes informed by the nurses there about I was not. time because i knew back in may okay i need this much time off work i need this i was able to pre-plan having the medication ordered early i know you'll get into your medication so i felt like my experience was different so when i was watching you mm-hmm. i was like i can see why she needs jess because i was very surprised yeah. that you were not getting better support yes that was a little shocking as an outsider Mm -hmm. to watch you be so i felt like i was like like, stranded you looked like stranded. i I I felt that way and you know and i also she helped me in terms of medications this is one of the biggest parts you know in terms of cost the medications are very expensive and so she was the one that really helped me in the savings she really took it upon herself to call and help me you know find the best deals whatever so we get to the actual collection day. And this is kind of where, like, I had met Dr. Gadir once prior um, in the what, however many week process it was. And also, this is also a, kind of an important part of the story is, like, I'm a regular Sally, you guys. Like, I got my, I know exactly when my period's coming every mm-hmm. month. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a regular gal. And so, um, you know, for me, I'm like clockwork. And so I went in and... um. I remember I was having, I was getting admitted and we we're doing the IVs, starting the IV, doing the vital signs, everything. I'm having a nice time with the nurses. I'm trying to like keep it light and fun. And it was just something about the way he came in. He was like taken aback about how I was. And he said something, and I can't remember what he said, but he was very condescending oh. to me. Like he just said something that really was like, well, you know, like you're going to be blah, 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 right? And I just remember looking at him and being like, 
you are really not the person that I thought you were, the doctor or the the person I thought you were. Was it to do with your low ovarian reserve type thing? Yeah, or no, or I don't outcomes? even remember what it was. It oh. was just about something about the surgery. And I was like, dude, I'm a nurse. Like, I, yeah, okay, cool. And I'm, I was just, you know, we were having fun in the OR. And I feel like a lot of women probably are more on the melancholy side or like a little more nervous side. I'm like, I'm a nurse and I'm doing this because I want to. So like, I'm bringing the energy I want to bring. And I don't think he liked that. But that should be like, you want good energy. Thank you. That's what I wanted. And I, that moment was kind of a turning point. So then I go in for surgery. You go under. I was under for probably about four hours. Are you under general? General. Wow. You go under. Really? Mm-hmm. Or uh, I, I never like, made it those far. <laughs> right, right. So you go under, like Jacob, you know, they do the whole thing. They admit it you. Took four hours? Hour, about four hours. Wow. And then... I came out and I I was pretty lucid because, you you know, the, the anesthesiologist, they don't give you a whole lot, just yeah, enough yeah. to get you out, right? Um, and my doctor never came. He never came to the bedside to give Update? me any updates. Nothing. Nope. Um, and then we proceed to go home. I, you know, I'm wheelchair. No, no updates. No updates. Okay. No updates. <laughs> a little sh- okay. no updates. Okay. So then I'm wheelchair down to the bottom. Jacob and I get in. He Jacob was amazing, first of all. The most amazing husband. Get you a husband who supports you. This is why shit. I'm still single, because my standards are very high, yes. thanks to Jacob. Okay. Um, you know, he was went to Erwan, got my favorite smoothie. Like, oh, yeah, he was he went bougie, like, really good. So um, we got a phone call later that day from one of his nurses. He couldn't even call, right? The doctor didn't call. He has one I'm of getting the ick right now. Yeah, okay. So then that happens um, and they called. They said, everything's good, but we can't give you results until usually about a week after. I don't know. I don't really remember how many days it was. Right. So I was like, OK. And they were just basically like, how are you? And I was like, I'm OK. Like I'm recovering. So the long story short is I was scheduled to be to work. I, I did the actual procedure on Friday. I was supposed to be at work on Monday. So Monday, I'm getting ready for work, and I'm like, I kind of feel like off. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like I feel like I saw you that weekend, and I was, I was like, girl, like, girl, you need good. to like sleep and rest. Yeah, have- yeah. Like, it is a surgery. Yes, it is a surgery. And so I went in for work that night, and there was like a moment where like my heart started fluttering, and I started getting like I started kind of like hyperventilating a little bit. So I got through the shift. I didn't say anything because I was just like, I don't, you know, I don't want to make this a Your thing. Your hormones are still up here. Okay. So this is, <laughs> I got home and I was, I like stepped in, I, I got home and then I like couldn't go to sleep. So, but it was like around 10 o'clock and all of a sudden I started getting dizzy. My legs started feeling a little swollen and my heart was like racing and I was like, something is wrong. So I called, um the clinic and I just basically said and I was supposed to be going back to work for two more nights after that Ooh. um so I called the clinic and I basically said like these are my symptoms and they were like okay well you need to come in like right now we need to do all these tests or whatever so long story short I go in I get my labs done and my estrogen levels were literally like it was like 900 out of and like your levels are supposed to be I don't even know what they're supposed to be but it was like an insane insane it was very very high and I was feeling like absolute shit and I was like I do not know why I feel this way, but I feel so bad. And it was the hormones. I mean, it was truly hormones. And if your estrogen estrogen is that high, you're at risk for stroke. You're at risk for a lot of things. Yeah. And so um, I'm a little frustrated because this is something, like you said, it's a surgery. And to me, what's interesting is like they knew I was a nurse. 
And to me, this is something where you should be taking a week off afterwards after this procedure. Truly, I believe that. I think that this is not something that you should be on your feet. You should be working in high stress situations because the the unit I work in is stressful as fuck, you guys. Like we're doing ECMO, we're doing high risk deliveries, we're doing all these things. And like You're I also should around not... babies. It's <laughs> exactly. a little weird hormonal And I'm mad that they didn't sign me out or say, you know what, you should like be recovering. And I get it. Some some people recover better than others but like my estrogen levels were like literally triple or quadruple what they were supposed to be which puts me at risk for stroke there's also a difference between a desk job yes and a 12-hour shift thank you where you're on your feet and you're working nights can i ask you what everyone wanting to ask you i could already imagine what the question no i already can imagine what the faqs would be about your story (laughs) yeah okay to back up one yeah i think it's is it not normal that they would have I know they can't give you results because you're creating embryos. Right. But they wouldn't just even that day, like leaving home, be like, this is how many eggs we at least retrieved. So I now you have a starting point. Me, I don't think they gave it to me that day. I don't even remember. I think it I think it was either like the next day or so where they were like, we can safely say we got this number. I don't that know. That would bother me. I was immensely. I was very like, yes, I was confused. By and that. then, OK, did it ever come up? about how long you should be because shouldn't you be getting a doctor's note after of this is when you had return to, to work i had to ask so that's not some that to me well so been... when i went in i actually did see dr goodier thank you he could come in and he was very nice about it and he said you know we're gonna sign you out i did get a note so he did sign this me out after correct four days later yeah but i just the process was very frustrating so this is the icing on the cake this is the moment okay so um, I was, you know, going through all these things and I want to say it was probably about a week later when we got the phone call. I got a phone call and it was Dr. Gadir's office. So I answered it and it's Dr. Gadir. And mind you, Jacob's not with me. I'm at home. It's midday. Of course, he's at work. And I answer and he's like, OK, like, let's go over your results. And in my head, I was like, I think I want Jacob on this call. But like, I felt very rushed this whole process. And I will say this. I felt very rushed through this whole process in this clinic. I felt very like I did not feel and and when I was asking questions, I could tell I I felt like I still had more questions, but then I always felt like that he knew like he needed to get off the phone. It felt like he knew I had more questions but never opened the door for that to be answered. So, he's like going, for that, don't you think it should have been a phone call from the office saying Hey, hey, we have yes. your results. Can we set up an appointment? appointment. Thank you. Yes. So okay. that that's you what it should have made. Because or... what if you were in the middle of something and you couldn't talk yeah. then? Or it wasn't a good time. You're about to get results, but then you're leaving out the door to go to someone's baby well, shower. Well, I felt like weird being like, he was like, okay, do you want your results? And then I'd be like, what if I, sa- if I said no? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I was just spots. felt very overwhelmed in that moment. Okay. So he's like, well, here's the results. And so I was basically said, yes, I want to hear the results, of course. So he's like, okay, well, um, so you have two embryos. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. And then he said, do you want to know the genders? And I said, and in my head, I'm like, I wish Jacob was here for this conversation. And by the way, it's a phone call. It wasn't even a Zoom or anything. It wasn't in person. And I was like, okay, like, I guess. I do a Zoom with my psychiatrist. How hard would it have been to do like a Zoom? Okay. So then he goes, oh, you have two boys, two embryos. Okay. And in my head, I was like, oh my God, this is fucking amazing. Like, we have two boys like I this is amazing like at least like we have that and you know I in my head I was like this is really exciting all these things and then this is the moment 
that I think changed has changed my entire perspective on fertility and my entire perspective on this for my entire life. He goes, okay, so we're going to schedule for your next round, right? And in that moment, I was like, wait, what? Like, I have two and you're telling me that I need to take off three more weeks of work. I need to spend an extra, you know, 25 grand that I need to do all these things and that like these two aren't good enough and that you may this may not be good enough for you. And in my head, I'm like, wait, this is our backup plan. Like we don't you know, I was so overwhelmed. I was like, wait, why isn't Jacob on this phone call? I'm like, can we even afford that? And then now we haven't it's even like, tried to conceive naturally. No, yet. we haven't even tried yet. Exactly. And so I'm like, I all of these things start going through my head of like, what the fuck? Like, it, maybe this is like, maybe I'm not going to have kids because I can't, we can't even afford to do that. Like, we can barely afford this right now. So it was just one of those moments. You have to afford to transfer those two yes. to your uterus. Thank you. <laughs> and so it was just one of those moments. He does not realize this to this day. He's completely changed it. And it does, maybe it's for the better. It's more of I, in that moment, realized like, okay, maybe I need to be okay with not having kids. And like, maybe we can't even afford this. We live in California. Like, it, it, I literally was going down this rabbit hole of like, what the actual fuck? Like, I, I don't think I can do this. You know, Jacob wasn't on the phone call. So I got off the phone like you and I literally was bawling for like hours. I didn't even call Jacob to tell him right away because I was like so just distraught with the, or I was just so overwhelmed with I, what I was just told. Like you have two perfectly amazing things, but they're not good enough. That question was like the thief of joy. Yes. Like you couldn't even literally. be excited that you have two boy embryos. 100%. And like I get it you know, maybe those wouldn't have been, wouldn't have taken, you know, like maybe they won't take, I don't know. But it was just that moment, I think for me and Jay and, the, you know, Sam and I, I think collectively have gone through this and like, there's a lot of really big things. I think there's a lot of fantasy and fertility. Like, I think what's really interesting about this is that, you know, we think that we can have children when we're quote ready mm -hmm. and that, it'll be perfect, right? It's going to be the perfect partner. It's going to be the perfect situation. It's going to be this thing. And it's like, the reality is, is like, that's just, it's so dismantling and complex, like what we have gone through. Like this egg freezing, the, or going through and even just talking to doctors about this. It's like, and then the burden of doing it solo for you. Like, I just think it's really interesting how dismantling this process has been for me. Well, and I think you like kind of nailed it by saying like, oh, it'll be ready when I want it to be. <laughs> and like, Will it? No, no say. I think that's a big, that's the fantasy in fertility is you think, oh, I'm taking my power back. We, you know, there's so much talk of that right now, right? It's like, this is our way of, you know, taking, and, and to some degree it is like, we are taking control of our fertility to some degree. But the really interesting part of this is I actually this is where I envy people who are uber religious. OK, because these are the people those are the people who are like, quote, leave it up to God. Right. Leave it up to spirit or whatever versus the other a lot of us who are in the boat of like, no, I want to control this or I want to like put this on my timing or like this is how I want to do it. And the reality is with fertility, 
you're not going to walk into a doctor's office and walk out with a baby a year later. That's just not the reality. Like, that's not physically how it happens. Like, one, you need more time. You have to, one, physically be in the right place. You'd be mentally in the right place. It's hormonally this crazy journey and it's not in your control. Like, fertility is not in your control at all. You want to know what's a real mindfuck too is think of all the time, money, energy we spent trying to avoid getting pregnant yes. throughout our teenage and yeah, like 20s, all the birth control, mm-hmm. all the plan Bs, all the things. Yeah. And now to be like facing the, do will I ever even have kids? Yeah. And you want to know, actually, this should have been the unpopular opinion. You want to know what fucking pisses me off is when people tell me, oh, you still have time. My so-and-so didn't have a baby until they were 40. Or my so-and-so met their husband when they were 37 and they got married at 38 and had their first kid at 39 and their second one at 41. And they're perfect and they're beautiful and they're healthy and they're blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. What like is that? Thank. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Just you, because you quote one, you like, know it's like, someone cool, that you. means that yeah. I'm totally yeah. gonna just have the perfect process. But it's not encouraging. And I get it. It's and I can't be angry at these people because it's not with bad intentions. They're not saying it with bad intentions. But when people tell me all the time, thirty seven still young. I know, and you're just like, I hate you. No, I, I, and I, get I'm like, that. tell that to the three. D- two to three follicles because yeah. that said otherwise something else that was interesting so i went down a big rabbit hole and since since that since that happened by the way you guys will get to this but i have been on a very different fertility journey which i want to get into but also i want to tell you this so i went down this fertility like rabbit hole and i was listening to armchair expert um and they did a series on it's called race to 35 and the co-host and her best friend did um both egg freezing together they're both i want to say 35 ish and they talked about this thing called ambiguous loss in one of their episodes with esther perel and i just thought it was really interesting because you know we've been talking a lot about like the goal of what we wanted to do but with this it almost feels like there's like physically nothing there but then you're emotionally like really sad for something that's not there right and then it's like a mind fuck because you're like I don't know if I wanted this like for Sam right and then but then you're mad because you don't have it or can't I was have doing it because it, it was free right not thinking that I would end up being sad because I couldn't do the thing I didn't even want to do to begin with and then as friends <laughs> us doing it kind of parallel it brings up these really weird feelings because it's like you get like either envious or you get guilt it's like you get one of the other right or you, it's like you cannot compare numbers. You mm-hmm. can't even compare journeys. Like they're so different. And then I also didn't expect to have feelings of loss. Like I, in that moment, I literally had, have, we have, you have two embryos and I have a feeling of loss yeah. because of what he, like, I, I don't, it's a mind fuck. Like I was like, I don't know why I'm so sad right now. I was crying out of sadness, not happiness. But you should be allowed to feel that. And I, think the hardest thing and I don't think it's even a toxic positivity thing it's just the nature of wanting to make people yeah feel better yeah is our our good intentioned comments end up being more hurtful yeah like your good intentioned comment of like get a second opinion like that hurt my feelings 
if I told you, well, at least you have two. Yeah. That is right. a hurtful statement. Right, right. I think I even did say that to you. Well, right. Like, Probably. I mean, people don't, you But know. like, it's not with bad, yeah. like, no one, we're trying to say it to cheer each other up. Right. And to make each other feel hope. We're trying, trying to give someone hope ends up hurting their feelings yeah. without meaning to because yeah. you're like, why am I crying when I have two embryos? Yeah. But yeah. That because it doesn't guarantee anything. No, it doesn't. And it's also a very scientific clinical situation. It's like you mm -hmm. talk follicles, insemination, you talk eggs, you talk injections, you talk ovulation, you're talking count. And it's like, but then I don't know, for me, it just it brings it back to like, okay, but I'm grieving right now. Like mm -hmm. I I'm like sad and I should be very happy. And I felt very unempowered. I don't know. I felt like out of loss of control. I feel like I and there's other people just getting raw dogged in the back of a Camry. Right. Also, <laughs> I think for you and I, this process completely shifted our approach to life. Yeah. Like, because this is something where when you go through this process, it's like you have to make the decision. Am I doing this or am I not? And if you didn't know the first round or the first time that you see that doctor, you do know the second time. And so, but it's interesting. Like, I feel like we don't. The one thing I feel like we we say we have is control and we just don't have control over fertility. And it's very humbling. I'm humbled. I am humbled as fuck through this whole procedure. And I haven't even done the implantation yet, right? Like I haven't I mean, you Sam's talked a lot about the money part. I haven't talked about that. We're just paying out of pocket and it's a stretch for us. It's a lot. I mean that's, that's why it wasn't worth it to me because I don't know I don't have someone's sperm to make an embryo with. So that's it was I can't justify that money on a backup plan yeah, that right. I might not ever even right. need. Yeah. So it's yeah. so and much I think, money. I think it's also something that I've come to terms with where like it's okay to feel like you I want a child and also grieve that it hasn't come yet. Right. It's like I'm in that phase of like I I've I've been going through that phase and Sam knows, okay, so we you guys, this is a backstory, this is part of the Bali story we didn't tell you. But I, I ended up starting my period uh, halfway through Bali and you know obviously we've been actively trying and I literally had a breakdown because it was like you weren't one it came early right it came so early it was like, it, yes because it yes. coming early yeah I think the travel yes. like accelerated that but then yeah you were like fuck yeah I didn't want it to come at all totally I was <laughs> just like and we were actively like really trying you know what I mean and so I think I in that moment was like you know, it was our whatever third month, whatever trying, and I just kind of had a moment of like I'm grieving, like, and I'm really sad. Yeah, and I, if it is isolating because I think it's isolating for Sam, for you because you didn't have a partner, and it's isolating for me because it starts becoming, wait, what's wrong with me, right? And we have friends that have gone through this mm -hmm. who have tried IVF for years. We have a lot of people in our lives who struggle with fertility, and I think that. I did not appreciate that or understand what that felt until now or like you have feel that. like a failure. Uh, yes, you do. You feel like a failure. You feel so just like, oh, all of a sudden I'm ready, but like it's not on my timing. And this is where I'm envious. I'm envious of religious people in that way because like I and I do believe everything is when it's supposed to happen. I do actually believe that. And I do think like, you know, the world works in really funny ways. But, you know, it is like it's a weird thing to think you're buying time but we're not changing a paradigm you know what yeah. i mean well and then 
you're you think my body was literally created to create life. Mm-hmm. This was a design. Like this is why we have a period. We go through all this. And now my body's failing to do the thing it was created to do. Yeah. And I, I can't change that. There's nothing I can do. Yeah, I can take the coke you can. I can do the acupuncture, but literally those are just maybe some helpful things. I can't Yeah. I have no control and you do feel like a failure and yeah. you're like, "Well, what the fuck am I supposed to do about this?" Yeah. And then you kind of wonder like, "Do I even try again yes. or not or yeah. what do I do yeah. from there?" For sure. And I think something that for me felt empowering you know and because I, I had to work through this this is something I've had to work through for the past like couple months um the way I have empowered myself is through deep diving into fertility <laughs> so I have like really gone on the other swing um so I I decided I actually it's really funny because from the phone call that I had with Dr. Gadir, I literally didn't call his office once ever again I never Jacob's been the one if we financially had to do anything he's been calling him I can't even do it so what I started was I went to see um, a naturopath or not a naturopath. She's a she's a Chinese medicine doctor, basically. So now I'm doing Eastern medicine and I fucking love it. And let me just tell you guys, I've I love this for you. so much about fertility. Also, this is a this is the lighthearted side. And this is what I want. We wanted to end with this. These are the tips. These are things I would like to end with because I think that this is going to be empowering. The one thing that I definitely think I learned the most is we know nothing about fertility, like, like right? Like, I, truly, like, I know, okay, cool, I get my period every month, like, but uh, beyond that, I literally don't know. Literally, before this, I had no idea what a follicle was. <laughs> I swear to God. Or, like, embryo versus egg, like, doing all the stuff. I know, like, well, you kept saying, like, like, egg freezing, and I was like, technically... You're, you're embryo freezing. Embryo freezing. Yes. There's a big difference. Like I was egg freezing. Yes. You were embryo freezing. Yes. And I feel like there was times where I kept like correcting and I was like, you're not freezing your eggs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like not bang on terminology. Apparently. And I'm like, but it is, but it, there that distinction makes a huge difference it in does. price point and yep. everything. Yep. And yeah. Like, yes. Especially when you're doing like the extra genetic testing, which we yeah. did, like everything. So um, I was hell-bent to learn a lot. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. So fun fact, I do want you guys to know this. Okay, so during fetal development, we as women have about 6 million eggs. Okay. At birth, there's approximately 1 million eggs left. And by the time you reach puberty, there's about 300,000 remaining. And by the time you're my age, there's like 12. (laughs) Okay. My point is, is that to some degree... I do think there is still time on people's sides. And I think people just don't have that idea, right? And the the thing about it is each month when you cycle, right, it releases the one egg, the best egg, okay, or like the healthiest egg at that point in your life, right? So and this is information by the Cleveland Clinic. These are things that I just think is really interesting to know because um, when we did Modern Fertility, for example... We both got our numbers and your numbers were actually better than mine. Yeah. And look looking, how that worked out. Right, and like, okay, but it's interesting because I didn't know what that number meant. 
that number still meant you probably we probably have like a hundred thousand eggs left which is crazy like you you i'm being very real so I guess what I'm getting at is like learning. It has to be about... like a mature egg. Which did you know that that was a thing? No, no idea. I was I had like, no idea. I didn't know it had to mature. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> what? So um, for me, I feel like learning about my actual fertility has been really fun, and it's a couple of things that I wish I had known a little bit sooner. So eating for fertility—that's a huge thing. Um, so something that was suggested through my naturopath or through my um, acupuncturist, she's. She's amazing, but you guys, she's an absolute kook. She is such a kook. Like, I love her to pieces, but she's just, like, out there, woo-woo, like, kind of intellectual. I don't know how to explain her, but she's really funny. Um, but essentially, she recommended doing, you know, kind of a keto-ish or low-carb diet, right? So higher fats, lower carbs for fertility. And the idea behind that is sort of to start kind of reducing inflammation, balancing your hormones. Um, and then also supporting your body with like the fats and the proteins that it needs to carry a child, right? So like it is actually, and then the sugar, 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 sugar is a big no-no, you know, we all know. Um, but to sort of start learning how to eat. So I'm eating like, you know, now eggs, bone broth, like seeds, nuts, beans, avocados, lentils, whole grains. I am doing whole grains. I'm not doing completely, you know, I still, I still need carbs just because I know my body, but vegetables, quinoa, Greek yogurt, like Still am having my Taco Bell, okay, and my every now and then, but in terms of eating, I'm eating for fertility, and I do think that's kind of fun, and it's something we don't talk about as women. Like, it is actually a real thing. Like, I feel like we don't talk about, like, you do really well on a lower-carb diet, too, and keto, and, like, I feel like we, I feel really good right now because I'm eating a little differently, I think that's something when I did Whole30 back in like 2013, 2014, I realized like that is probably like more optimal for hormone regulation and yeah. all of that stuff. But there is a lot to be said about kind of like priming, priming your, body. your body. So something that you had mentioned too, and I 100% agree with you, something that I wish I had known or done before this whole process, okay, was primed my body before this right if they know we're already geriatric right like like let's fucking let wait me... until the first round yeah. like let's say hey before these are all the things that you can do to be in the best place best possible place. be in the best place on possible. that first attempt for even. sure be physically physically and mentally like in a good place before you want to even go and try and do egg freezing or the embryo creating process like to me maximize and that's the same concept as before you get pregnant if you mm -hmm. can like try to mentally and physically be in a good place and we don't talk about that like I think that's kind of like shunned or taboo sort of right now to talk about but I'm like do everything before so for me now um, I'm also uh, doing so I'm eating that kind of way drinking a ton of water and then the number one thing I wish I had done before I had done any of this is acupuncture same I wish I had done acupuncture for honestly probably two or three months before well to walk out of that office and for them to tell me try acupuncture and come back next month yeah. i'm like i can't like financially my insurance resets in a month yes and i have work trips planned like why yeah i why why should i i could have done acupuncture before for this. this yes and that is a big psa for every single person who wants to go do this if you're in a fertility journey start doing specifically fertility acupuncture Fertility acupuncture, I swear by it. I do it once a week. It's about an hour session. And 
I leave feeling so good. I mean, it's it's crazy. Like I'm even I'll be laying on the table and she'll say like, how are you feeling this week? And I'm like, oh, my sinuses are kind of like whatever. And she literally puts a point in my head. And within like a couple minutes, my sinuses are like drained and like I feel so good. I am very much sensitive to energy. So this is definitely so up, up my alley. But um, me, even it, being someone who's not, though, yes, I this am is very, like very I wish mm-hmm. that acupuncture was not even just suggested, but just saying, hey, to give you the best. Yeah. Like because they were just saying it promotes circulation and yes. blood flow to your ovaries. So why the fuck yeah. couldn't you have told me to start that back in the summer? I mean, OK, so acupuncture was started over in China about 2000 years ago. OK. And this has been a something that has been really, really, it's like a Chinese um, therapy that has really been developed. And in terms of like understanding your chi and your flow, there's like these circuits, the rhythms in your body, basically, and everything's connected to everything. And so um, when you go to a, a fertility specialist, they really try and hone in on the points for hormones, for endocrinology for stress. That's a big one that they really focus on, like we've been working on, and I feel so much better. And also the American Society for Reproductive Medicine is a big proponent for this. Um, So this includes for uh, PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, fibroids, endometriosis, um, anyone who's having issues with ovarian reserve, that was me, and even sperm quality. So this is something that has been researched. It's becoming more research-based they're actually starting to bring this into the hospital. Even I know oncology, um, some oncology units are starting to bring acupuncture for pain in, but the research has shown that acupuncture successfully increases blood flow around the ovaries, which improves their ability to support healthy eggs and improving both the quality of the eggs as well. So this is huge. And this is absolutely something I wish I had done Mm -hmm. for a couple months leading up. Um, I also want to say this. I want to thank every single person who has shared their story. I have been talking to a lot of people and having these great stories and hearing a lot of stories, as has Sam. And I don't know. I just feel like this was a big moment for both of us. I think I'm very humbled. I'm very open, you know, but I'm also like in this weird spiritual moment. Like I feel like I'm feeling now I'm past the anger phase and I'm past the like like I know I want children and I almost I I know it's going to happen but I'm taking a very different approach. I'm like I'm not going anything towards you know I I feel very thankful because Jacob and I we got our blood work, we got the ultrasounds, like I saw everything, like I'm healthy, you know, great, we have those, but for me like if I never have to go back to that clinic and I have to and I'm we're going to donate those eggs then great. Like I I would love to never go back there. Um and I want to keep going down this road of like understanding my fertility something else that I've been doing that I know a lot of women really get into is trending your cycles with a thermometer so this has been really kind of fun so I take my temperature every morning okay and so you track your temperature and what happens is is that your temperature when you are ovulating drops about like it's like a 10% drop or like by a certain amount and it stays low while you're still fertile so what's interesting is like that your temperature can actually tell you a lot more even sometimes more than an ultrasound mm-hmm. on like what's going on with your body with your hormones how your body's reacting to certain medications um like for example in pregnancy your your um if you are pregnant 
your temperature actually rises like two to three points higher than your normal baseline. So then you know, oh, your your progesterone levels are high enough, so it's carrying the pregnancy. If they were lower, then you would be going to your you know doctor and saying, hey, like something's a little off. Can we check my labs? And then you get on progesterone. So it's like just understanding our fertility. Like we don't understand these things. And like now I'm so into it. I'm like, damn, like I like if when I'm sleeping, I know I need to be a little bit cooler so I can keep, you know, my temperature. Like I'm really into all this. So I don't know. I think it was like the weirdest disempowering, empowering moment where I feel now good and I'm in a good place now, but I definitely wasn't ready to talk about it (laughs) earlier. (laughs) I feel like you went into it just thinking that you'd be more guided through it. Yeah. And you now having to take the time to educate yourself and do the deep dive that you've done has been the empowering part. Yeah. Where you've kind of taken it into your own hands to get educated. And that's where I've seen the shift in you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's, it is empowering. And I think for me, when I am disempowered, that is not a way for me to do it. You know, now I am taking Chinese herbs I'm doing vitamins, supplements. I'm taking vitamin D3, um, you know, DHA, a lot of those omegas. Like I'm really into, you know, kind of trying to eat a little bit better and really paying attention to my body and also keeping stress low. Like I, I've, I've changed a lot of things in my life recently where like I am taking the stress out. Like I don't want to be stressed and I want to enjoy, you know, this process. I don't want it to feel like a thing, you know, and if well. It, the yeah. process of going to the clinic, it's so clinical it and it's so, clinical. so just like very medical terminology, follicle, yes. sperm count, like embryo. Like yes. It's so just like not, it's very impersonal, very yeah. clinical. It it's not like an enjoyable experience, especially if you can't even have fun and just joke around. I know. Are, like, I don't shit. even know what that was all about. No, I agree. And I think, um, you know, I, this is a process that we're both learning and growing and I, who knows, like it, you know, at the end of the day, like, I guess I'm open to whatever's going to happen and, um, just trying to do my best to be, you know, the healthiest I can and to learn about my body. And like, you know, I think also having these conversations with women in general about, well, what was your experience like and how, what does it mean to you? And it is, it's very meaningful. I think you and I have learned so much through this process. Well, like, and I think going through it too, like a lot of people, I don't think understood your reason why you were doing it. They assumed maybe you were going straight into IVF yeah. or that you'd been trying already. Like you guys hadn't tried Mm-mm. at all yet before you started this journey. So I think it was a good point that you brought up is like, you hope to never step foot back in that office. Yeah. And I think you're still very early in the, you know, I like to just call it the raw dog stage. But like the <laughs> trying it. I think it's so funny when people announce that they're trying for a baby. I'm like, so you just announced at Thanksgiving dinner to like in front of Mima and the whole yeah. family that you guys are raw dogging. I know. Every night. Well, you know, what's funny. Okay. Cause I did toy with that idea of like do I even want to share this because at the beginning I was kind of like in my head I was like what if something like this had happened which it of course did where I was like all of a sudden wanted to pull back and like not share anymore 
But I am very glad that I shared the process because mm-hmm. I think it it opened up a lot of conversations. And honestly, it it was a process for me where I got hooked up with Jess. Thank God for her because I think she's the reason that I even got to embryos. Thank God. But also just having these conversations with women and opening up about it. Like, I don't know. Something about it felt right. And I'm still glad that I did. And I'm glad that I was able to process the things that I did so far. And I'm glad that we are having this conversation because, you know, it's like people only want to share when it's good. Mm-hmm. But I really do want to share that it wasn't all good and that, you know, it did take me time to process. But like, here we are. I have no idea what's going to happen, but we'll see. Do you want to try to freeze more eggs or no. more embryos? No. Nope. I think I've also come to that mindset of like, if it doesn't happen... For you know, I know we're both healthy, right? So it's not like I'm dealing with PCOS. I don't have endometriosis. Like, I know my the situation is right, self aware queen. So I, in my head, I'm kind of like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And we do have those two eggs. If I if I did want to, you know, they're there, which is nice. That does it is a nice little insurance piece just in case. But again, like I. I don't know. I just I'm really disappointed by that process and really excited for this new process. So we'll see. I don't know. But I feel like I've been on this weird time clock because I had those meds that I never used. Yeah, weird, huh? With an expiration date. So it was like, do I try to do this again? And now my insurance, like, it's reset. And I switched plans, so I'm never going to hit my deductible this year. I have a PPO now. Like, there, unless I, like, have some catastrophic event, knock on wood or whatever, like, I'm not going to hit my deductible. So if I do it again this year, I would be paying and I would have to read the meds are expired now. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know that it's worth trying because now, okay, if I had trouble – at 36, it's almost been a year. It's June. I did it in November, so not quite. But if I had trouble at 36, like, am I even going to get any at 37? So, like, did I really miss the boat? I don't know that, like, now it's worth it to, like, try. One, knowing, watching you, do, like, it's a draining process. So I'm like, is it even worth it at 37 as in a backup plan? But then I'm like, fuck, well, I, like maybe get married at 42 right? and be so mad that like, bitch, you were still 37. You had yeah, a chance. Like, why sure. didn't you just do it then? Yeah, I'm in this such a conflicted spot of like, do I try again? Do I have the money to try again? Yeah. I Is know. it worth it? Yeah. Can my job allow me to? And I at first was like, I don't even care. I'm over it. Like whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And then now I'm like, am I going to be so like, I was mad at 36 that I didn't do it when I'm 32. I mean, I'm going to be mad at 40 that I didn't do it at 37. Yeah. I mean, it's good conversations to have with yourself. And I think that's why today we wanted to talk about it, because I think these are conversations to have with yourself about what it means to you. And I think for all of us, I like that we can have open conversations like that. Like, it is confusing. It is. And, you know, it's also very conflicting and very. But I think having um, I like these just for the fact of having more appreciation for our fellow woman and Mm -hmm. supporting one another and embracing everybody's journey separately and everybody's situations. And I'm always open for suggestions. Like, look, I've gotten so many from people and like certain, certain things I would take and certain things I don't, but I think being open-minded and 
Um, you know, this is what's working for me, but I feel like it is worth it having that conversation with yourself because it is, there are a lot of conflicting, you know, messages out there and you know, what works for you works for you. And are you ever like mad at your, not mad at yourself, but do you ever kind of like kick yourself for waiting so long? Okay. Thank you for bringing that up. I am mad that I did not do egg freezing sooner or starting this process mentally sooner maybe you know but everything happens for a reason so it's like what I have been meant like I think having this conversation now and going through this now is more humbling than I what I if I had done it at 32 mm-hmm. or like 30 or 28 mm-hmm. um I'm glad we're having this conversation but I I do wish I'd done it sooner had I known things like this had I known I probably I absolutely because physically I will tell you guys even at 30 I'm doing this at 34 but I'm telling you guys I know my body is so it was so exhausting and so overwhelming for my body personally because like I haven't been on hormones for years I am I try to eat as clean as possible we're pretty damn healthy and my body like it's it's hard on your body versus like a 28 year old i'm just thinking like if i had done this at 28 it would have been so much better yeah think about your hangovers back then oh 100 exactly. exactly the recovery would have been so much better yeah i do that's the one thing but then also like we're talking about it now and we're going through these process in this journey together kind of separately but together and i feel like i don't know i mean i yeah. think for me it's crazy because i didn't this was not the plan. This was not the plan. I was not going to be 37 and single. I thought I should have been married five years ago. I should have been coming up on my five-year anniversary. I thought I'd be on my third kid by now and closing up shop. So never, like I never thought to think ahead about fertility because I stopped taking birth control when I was 30 years old, 31. So I've been on birth control for like six, seven years almost. And I was engaged. I had a four-bedroom house. I was ready to fill it up. I was ready to have like honeymoon babies. So I never thought that I'd randomly be single at 32 and starting over. And even at 32, that is young. You're not geriatric pregnancy yet. I thought I had plenty of time at 32. Like, I'll meet my person. I'll still... Yeah. find someone and get married and have kids. I'm only 32. Yeah. I have such a long life ahead of me. I'm like, this was not the plan. So it's like, I'm so, I'm like mad at myself. But then at the same time, I'm like, how can I be? Because this isn't how I saw my life going. Right. And then, yeah. but then it doesn't change the fact that this is where I am today. This is where I, this is what the situation I'm in. Yeah. And like, now I'm like, I don't know. It's hard because it is something that you just ha- like in terms of going through an actual process with fertility it is something that you have to like at the root of you want to go through because it is physically mentally taxing it's also financially taxing it's not accessible it's not so (laughs) yeah i mean i definitely have a lot more appreciation for women who've gone through it um especially as a nurse like now as a NICU nurse you know and it's humbling. So I don't know. I, I this, this is not what I expected from my journey at all, nor was Sam. I think that we both, like as friends, have more appreciation for one another um, and have learned a lot. I don't know. The TBD, po- right? The podcast is our baby for yeah. now. <laughs> Sophie baby. 
the selfie baby. Um, I do want to give a shout out to Jess if you guys are looking for support because I loved her. Um, I'm grateful you had her. I am very because grateful. otherwise I don't know how um, you would have gotten through that. No. Um, so she does one-on-one consults and concierge services. You can find her at Fertility Treatment Support on Instagram. Her name is Jess. Um, so she's a former fertility nurse, and um, she had been in the industry for over a decade. And just decided to kind of go out on her own and help women like me. So if you are looking for someone, hit her up. Let her know that I sent you. And yeah, how are you feeling? Like closing this out? I don't know. It's crazy, right? It's like it's like TBD. Like what are we? You know what's funny? We were taught in the NICU that parents that are still going home with their baby are still grieving loss. And we were taught in nursing school, grief is tied to death, right? Yeah. We've always, and in society, we tie grief to death and loss. And in the NICU, we kind of learned that you can still grieve what you thought a normal pregnancy would look like yeah. or what you thought having a term baby would look like or a child without health complications being a chronic. And we learned that and I, that always made sense to me. But I think we learned a whole new level of grief that we never anticipated, which was, will we have children one day? We may, we may not. And I would be lying. Like, I've definitely even cried on Mother's Day before being like, wow, I'm probably never going to be a mother. But am I sad? I don't know. And I don't even know how to feel about it. So I still sit here so conflicted. Like, do I try to freeze my eggs again? I don't know. Maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't. Can I afford it? And then will I be okay? Like, I don't want to rush a relationship with someone just because I want to have kids. Yeah. I'd rather just stay single and happy than just try to have some kid with someone and be miserable just for the sake of having a kid. So I don't know. I sit here still very much in this, like, sad, but no reason to be sad, but yeah. still sad. Ambiguous but, loss. Yeah. I love that. And rest. I don't know. It I is. was like. It's a loss of what we you think you thought you wanted or didn't want. And it's the loss of control. It's, weird. it's, loss of, yeah. it's the fact that I don't get a say in it. Mm-hmm. And then when, again, like I said, when I thought that I didn't even want to do it, I just did it because it was free. But then to realize I couldn't like that still is like hurts my feelings. I'm like, you mean to tell me I can't do something I didn't even want to do? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's fuck a mind you. fuck. It's a mind fuck. So I don't know. It is yeah, that ambiguous I loss. I, know. I don't know. Yeah. I'm And now I just sit here like, I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's okay. You know, you know, and for me, um, I have enjoyed since I, I think I process things. I've enjoyed diving into a whole different side of it. And it's gotten me really into I love the Eastern side of medicine. So and I feel better. I feel like my skin looks better. I Your feel skin like, does look really good. I'm like, <laughs> girl, I, I have a different mindset. And I think I, um, everybody's journey is different and i love that for us i love how much your journey has grown though yeah it's crazy i mean it's so not done yet because oh yeah no like we're on the journey yeah it's a journey um but i love you i love you so much and thank you guys for being here we know this was a long one i know Um, well part two part two with jacob On Friday, so you guys can hear a little bit from him and hear his perspective of going through this with me. And uh, which I think is like so important itself because 
I think they get so neglected in the whole process. Yeah. But that's a huge impact on their life too. Yeah, for sure. Like, yes, it's not the physical, but everything else. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't feel like they get enough recognition in the whole process at all. Shout out to all the good partners out there. Um, thank you so much, you guys, for being here with us. Stay tuned for more juicy. Because let me just tell you, Jacob's got some good opinions, and we love that for us. We do. Um, and make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at C E L L F I E underscore podcast. You can find all of our goodies there, linked in the bio, including all of our partners and savings for you. Thank you so much. And last call to do our survey. Yes, Trova Trip. Ooh, yes. Speaking of, let's like, go. we don't know what our future holds, so let's at let's least go. go on vacation, right? <laughs> yes. So again, we're torn between Greece and Brazil. The only reason we're torn on Greece is because it's only one island. Right. And I want all the islands, but I still like it's Greece. Who's yeah. ever going to be mad about Greece? Yeah. But Greece is also more expensive yeah. than Brazil. Yeah. Brazil sounds kind of cool. <laughs> we definitely want to go to Bra- I would love to go to Brazil. I would love Let's to. Do I it. just want to see that Jesus statue. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. You, you just go. see it in all the movies. It yeah, looks really rad. I'm going to see it. But please do the link in our bio yeah. and... Um, five stars on Spotify. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we love you Absolutely. so much for that. And we send you free shit. Love Who doesn't love it. free shit? We love free shit. Love you. And make sure you're following us on our Insta. That's at Nurse Tori. And at Hey Samantha with two A's. And thank you guys. Thank you guys. Finally, we got we it love out. Love you. Love yes. you. Spill all. Tell all. Yes. Love it. Tell all. Bye. Bye. Bye.